On this episode of the podcast, we talk to Rodney, or The Rods, from Landlords Gaming. We chat to him on what it's like to follow through with a dream fresh out of high school and start up your very own land center right here in Toronto. We get to talk to him about the challenges of running a business through COVID, as well as what it's like to work with some of the top tier organizations in the world. Stick around and tell me what you think at the end of the episode. Hey guys, it's Liam or Hydrazine Keneally here. We're back with another episode of the podcast. This is going to be episode four, I think, by the time that it gets to you. This is coming off the back of the episode with Martin or Voodoo. Uh, obviously, that was a, an awesome conversation with a whole heap of really great, inspiring um, background in the esports industry. And talking to Rodney is going to be just as fantastic. So Rodney, I'll hand it over to you. Give yourself a quick little intro so everyone knows who you are and what you do. Absolutely. Liam, again, thank you so much for having me here. Uh, this is this is going to be very fun for me, uh, hopefully for you too. Hi, everyone. My name is Rodney Valerio. I am currently the co-founder and CEO of Landlords Gaming. It is a Toronto-based, uh, it was a LAN uh, venue at the time, but now we're doing a lot of more online events. Um, I do a lot of work in the Toronto esports industry helping Overactive Media, aka Toronto Defiant and Toronto Ultra with their events as well. So a lot of their Warzone events, their Cold War, Call of Duty events, and Toronto Defiance as well with their Overwatch events. Um, I've been around for about two years now uh, working in the Toronto industry. That's when Landlords uh, and my, my friends opened up that business, and it's been quite the journey ever since uh, we, we started that. So um, again... And I'm excited to be here and, and excited to talk about esports all day if we have it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome, man. Well, I'm happy to go for as, as long as the conversation is interesting. So uh, that could be for a while. <laughs> uh, but let, let's run straight into, into that. Okay, so uh, I want to get into the landlord side of things and the experience that you've got. But before we do that, I want to get to know you a little bit more. So yes. um, give me like, are you do you work outside of the esports industry as well? Are you content creating? Give me give me like, what are you, what are you doing at the moment? Yeah, um, so... I'll start from, I guess, basically just my career career yeah. uh, before the whole landlords thing happened. I uh, graduated from Ryerson University with a bachelor's of commerce, but in the information technology industry, cool. um, I, I work full time uh, in the in the software industry right now. I work for a company called Achievers. Uh, I'm a technical consultant. So I do that full time during the day, um, pays the bills, it pays rent, it pays, you know, everything else. And also my love for gaming so I could buy things. Um, so that's what I do right now uh, in terms of full-time during the day. Um, but in the evenings or after work, a lot of it is dedicated to, uh, yes, like you mentioned, doing some more, more of my personal contents with streaming, but also supporting landlords as well as other, other community-based events in the Toronto gaming scene, but also abroad. Um, I like to do um, a lot of production things. And I didn't come to that realization until maybe recently. Um, a lot of the a lot of the things that we did for landlords was getting our friends in just to play, getting their friends in and just enjoying a space. But event hosting and studying what it is to be a host and a, an administrator for these events, basically what they call a TO, tournament uh, organizer, and then understanding all the type of games and communities that are living and breathing here in Toronto. 
um, under certain umbrellas, such as Halo. Yeah. Uh, you see Martin running that side, and there's an FGC community here run by a number of different TOs. So part of the part of my, the last two years as well was me just getting to know everyone and meeting new people. So, I mean, that's sort of my history now uh, leading up to today. So, yeah. Awesome. That's a really good overview. And so what's, what's like the most important stuff to you at the moment? Do you love the job that you're doing, um, you know, in the, in the information technology stuff, would you want to do more of the esports? Yeah. So it's interesting. A lot of the, um, I'm a very technical person. I just, I'm just very curious about how tech works. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's sort of what alluded to why I do what I do now as a technical consultant in the full-time aspect of, of my life and my, in that career, that's something that, to me, I feel it will will intrinsically just add value to the esports, my other passions in life, because it's it just keeps my mind awake, one, and just keeps my mind growing, and I'm always trying to find new things to do. Mm. So, absolutely, I, I mean, at at one point, I would love to when we're maybe a couple of years down the road, and I've got more and more experience with the esports side of production it would be cool to eventually maybe even move into production as a result. Um, because a lot of the, I, I, when we, when I'm going through what I like to do or what I like to enjoy and consume as a gamer in terms of the online things, gaming is one of them, but watching events, um, watching events with my friends or even hosting events online. Those are some of the, the coolest things um, I've been able to witness um watching pro players go crazy or just having something for the community to to work towards it 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 adds sort of value in terms of what i'm trying to do with esports so yeah yeah that's i think one of the biggest things that i'm learning is that just as much time as i'm putting into the content creation i'm putting into this the same amount of time into consuming the content as well you know watching streams watching interviews watching what people are doing and trying to kind of feed on and absorb what other people are doing so that i can create and, and do better content as well. So I get it. I so get it. Uh, the what, What's the game for you? Like, what, like if you, because Martin was saying you guys do some fighting stuff as well. Like, what, what's your go-to game if you're going to sit down and just play for a bit? Oh, man. If I was uh, Warzone and Valorant right now are the two games I would just consume and I would just play. Um, sometimes, I like, after at the end of an event, all I want to do, all I'm thinking about is I just want to play Warzone right now. <laughs> I'm still a gamer at heart. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, I, I still want to do work for the community. But yeah, right now, Warzone and Valorant are the games right now that I'm trying to grind out. Yeah. So when you're grinding Warzone, you're just grinding out for wins? Are you trying to finish up some camos? Like, what's the... Yeah, so War, Warzone right now, it's 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 always trying to keep up with, like, the meta of what guns is the most powerful and just making sure you're still on top of it. But when you're playing Warzone, yeah, you're, I mean, we're trying to get dubs, trying to get uh, wins, trying to get as, you know, as many kills as you can in the lobby. Um, but also just really vibing out with your friends. It, it's, it's boring by yourself. Yeah. I can't, I can't play those type of games by myself, but um, it's, it's just an excuse again, if you have for me and my buddies to just unwind and de-stress from the rest of the day. Yeah, man, I, I get it. So uh, what's, <laughs> what's highest kill game so far? um 16 right now not not i'm not crazy but (laughs) that's where that's where the landlord's warzone team comes in because they (laughs) they they yeah they sub me out and they just you know represent us i'm just playing for fun (laughs) that's still pretty good like you said if you're just gonna chill and you're doing it to relax man that's uh that's better than average so and what's what's the meta look like at the moment in warzone 
Yeah, I, so I did, it, had, it had like a DMR Mac 10. I saw like everybody yeah. complaining about that for a bit. Yeah, so that's the greatest thing about it now. Now that they've balanced it out, there's there's a lot more options that people are still trying to find out what what the meta is. Um, we have the you know people going back to the original Modern Warfare guns like the Kilo or the Grau as well coming back. But we a lot of people are still trying to stick to the DMR, making making it work, trying to beat beat it beat their sense into that gun. But it's it's a mixed bag right now, which is a great spot for Warzone to be in. Yeah, because it's not overpowered. It re- does require, you know, game sense and the knowledge at this point, rather than get, getting carried by a, a, an insanely powerful gun. But yeah, yeah, that's Warzone. <laughs> I, I so get it. I, I didn't know what people were, were talking about, and then I watched a few clips, and I was like, "Wow, okay, that's that's one of the more um, <laughs> the obvious things that needed nerfing." Since that have you played? Like, do you play uh, Warzone uh, often, or is it just like here and there? You touch yeah, it. look, honestly, I've probably played maybe five games. I played a whole okay. heap of um, Blackout, and then um, oh, nice. And then I just honestly, like, when I came over here, I hadn't had, I didn't get to start gaming much until just recently, and uh, I, I, I just kind of get super obsessive, and, and I set myself a goal and then go for that. So at the moment, I'm grinding it for Dark Matter. Um, oh hell yeah, let's in, go <laughs> in cold in Cold War. So cold I've got War. I've got a bunch of them done. I'm trying to create like a little YouTube series of like a little montage with each uh, genre of weapon class of gun when i go through holy it. smokes dude and, yeah i've got i've got uh, i'm doing the assault rifles right now and then i've just got the the pistols uh the sorry the handguns or whatever, whatever they're called the uh and then that little noob chibi pro pipe thing yeah 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 uh, and and then i think we're done although i've got to do the rocket launches and that's just a grind because you got to what, what yeah like how many hours are you putting in every day because i know everyone's talking about how like if you're consistently like six hours a day, you can get it out in like two, three weeks. It's like, uh, not <laughs> much. <laughs> I'm probably putting in maybe an hour, two hours. And then maybe if, uh, if my girlfriend's out, uh, around dinner time and I get a little bit longer, maybe three, four hours, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> that's I got, crazy. I got stuck for a bit cause I loved the snipers so much. I, I, I've never, yeah. I just enjoyed it. And I, for some reason just really clicked this game. Like I yeah. didn't have a quick scope or anything. And I was just hard scoping like in previous codes, but I really sure. got it this time. So I've been, I've been really enjoying that. But, um, when, when you kind of were growing up, were you always into FPSs or did you have other mm. genres of games that you played as well? Like what, what, what was you, you gaming when you were younger? amazing question i love i love that question um because yes i i've been gaming since i can remember uh my first ever memory was uh playing on the nintendo playing super mario brothers 3 um and in this makeshift room that my parents made specifically for my bed and my game and it was just like a little sliver man so yeah i played that was what i started with that and then growing up as a kid a lot of I found myself getting because I played a lot of sports when I was a kid. I was very I was very much into sports. I played basketball, volleyball, football. Um, I played golf as well. Wow, tennis. everything. Yeah, I was very much an athletic like person in terms of like my interests. I loved, and that's when I realized like I loved just competing in general. And so when I got into gaming, the first ever game that got me to to compete was Counter-Strike. Um, Counter-Strike was- How as well? Because that game's been around for ages. I was, oh man, I was in grade eight when I first learned about Counter-Strike. How old are you? 13? Yeah, something like that, 12, 13. So I was 12, 13. 
but I'm for forewarning. I'm old. I'm 32 years old. <laughs> so that was years ago. Um, but yeah, I started in Counter-Strike uh, in terms of competitive. Before that, I was playing just like single player games, you know, 2D games. But when I first played Counter-Strike, that's when my first, uh, my first ever love of FPS came in. And then ever since then, I've been loving FPS shooters. I, I played the original um, Call of Duty when it first came out on PC. And that was the first Call of Duty that, that I started and happened to be the first one that came out. And I played every Call of Duty since then, since the beginning. Um, FPS has been a thing, but I also dabbled into uh, StarCraft and Warcraft, so RTS games. Yeah. Uh, that was a big thing in high school as well. Um, and then a bit of uh, MMORPGs as, uh, as well through high school. So I feel like I've dabbled in a lot of things. I also enjoy single player games. Like yeah. top, top five all time games are all single player games. There's not a single multiplayer game on my list. Well, now you've said that, I need to know what's the, what's the top five. Oh, shoot. Okay. No particular order. No particular <laughs> order. All right. Yeah. Shenmue. I don't know if you know that series. Yeah. So Shenmue. It came out on Dreamcast, the first ever Shenmue, wow. the whole Shenmue series. Um, Mass Effect, the first one. Yeah. Cool. Amazing game. Um, Dragon Age, the original Origins. I don't know if you played that one. Um, and then, oh, what was the fourth one? There was, oh, oh Red Dead Redemption, the, the, the first ever Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, that was a great and, game. Yeah. And then, yeah, that was an amazing game. Love that game. And then the first ever one was uh, Metal Gear Solid 1, the first ever Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, awesome. This is, this is a question that I only just thought of uh, earlier today when I was kind of just typing up some stuff to try to ask for, but... I know that for me, playing like Pokemon, Final Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts, those type of games growing up, I kind, oh, yeah. of, I kind of like got a lot of um, like personality traits, I think, that I developed like from these games. Is there anything or like not even that, but just like, you know, ways that you think about life, um, you know, like I've like one of the reasons why I came to Canada is that same kind of, you know, drive for adventure that you get from playing literally all of those games that I played. Is there any takeaways from the games that you played when you were a kid that you've kind of found that you've brought on later in life? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of the things I mentioned this before, a lot of the things that I did growing up was playing sports. Yeah. Um, and organized sports as a result. But playing organized sports is very much the same as playing organized gaming, uh, FPS games, for example. Um, so like in that sense, being able to work with a team and understanding how to adapt and how to be a better teammate just basically transcended in my understanding of how it is to just carry yourself in projects and schoolwork or at work as well um, everyone has a different personality and everyone like everyone's perspectives are different based on how they interpret either the game the sport uh the project you know the knowledge that we absorb as as humans yeah everyone thinks different and you can't expect everyone to think the same way that you're that you're seeing it and so every time i played an fps game with a team it's it's always been like a learning experience and understanding that you know, not everyone's going to be as good as you or you can't be as good as them, mm. but we all have our own strengths that we need to like recognize. And when we, when we just do a lot more reflecting of who we are as a person, it basically can just transcend into anything that you're doing and you know, just in life, in your yeah, yeah. daily jobs, yeah. you know, because you're working that. with clients. 
and I, and I've also just thought about it just then as like in certain games you have the characters that have a certain role that they have to play exactly uh, yeah like uh, well just a funny way to connect it because we've been working with one of our sponsors ph360 they're like a health technology company and trying to get gamers and people like a bit more active and have better balance in life and uh, one of the things we've been talking about to them is uh, they have this awesome tool that lets you kind of find out what type of genotype you are um, and then you can make better decisions on like a health style and so we've been saying instead of calling it things like um you know they've got uh you know commander and that type of stuff that's like their names for the groups i want to try and create them so that you've got like the rogue and the warlock oh, and like yeah. you know that type of thing and make it more like gaming orientated so people are more interested in like hey what gaming you know what character would i be <laughs> rather than what genotype am i so but that, that was a really cool answer to that question um what what i wanted to know so you, you're doing content creation yourself you're doing youtube twitch like what what type of content stuff do you put out so uh, yeah, a lot of it is just being, uh, so I was doing a lot of just personal content on Twitch. Um, I found that I, I enjoy watching story driven games when I'm on, when I'm watching Twitch, when I'm watching people stream yeah. competitive, you know, Valorant or Warzone. Yeah, it's fun, but there's nothing, there's no continuity there for me. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's just absorb it and then you're, and you're gone. But for me, because story-driven games are one of the, like one of my foundations of growing up. I love story-driven games. I I wanted to do more of that on my on my personal stream, but um, that's been something that is a bit put on hold now because landlords has been picking up with a lot of events. So now I'm just focused on creating content for landlords now mm. with the whole production aspect of things. But personally, yeah, I mean, I I stream on Twitch. I don't do it as often anymore, but when I did, it was a lot of playing. Uh, what was i playing i was playing um mafia i was play I, I played the uncharted series one through four because i've never played it hmm. and everyone was bugging me to play it so yeah there you go awesome man. well we'll have to uh we'll have to drop some links in in for everyone so they can go and find all the content for landlords gaming but then also yourself i think that's a really good segue as, as well into landlords gaming so hmm. we talked about a little bit before we jumped in and it's an awesome story so oh. run me through how landlords gaming kind of came up what it is what does it do give me this give me the whole story yeah absolutely so um landlords gaming the the whole concept behind it was uh land parties right uh being able to go to someone's basement go to your friend's basement bring your pcs or your consoles over and just game for 10 hours straight you know on a weekend this was something that i did back in high school with the original halo with halo one on the on the xbox um when we first did that that was my first ever like experience of what in the world is this this is different this is gaming on a whole different level yeah and then me and my me and my buddies were just kind of talking at the time in high school it's like man i wish there was a place where we can just go to and then just do it there rather than like having you know, haul your equipment over and just, you know, setting up. It takes always hours making sure everything works. So that idea came out in high school, but it didn't come to fruition until I met a buddy of mine after high school. We didn't really do gaming. We didn't game together at the time. We actually were doing other things, which is probably another question we, I can answer after. But it's like, basically, what did I do outside of gaming? Um, but we did a lot of things outside of gaming. And then we introduced him into Overwatch and on PS4 and I was playing a ton of Overwatch at the time because I loved it. And then I introduced him into it and then he loved it. And then we started, we started playing together at each other's 
places. We brought our systems over. And then I introduced him to this concept. Like, by the way, this is called a land party. I don't know if you know what this is. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, really? This is the most insane thing ever. It's like, yeah. it's a whole different experience. I'm like, yeah. Imagine having a place where it's like this. You can go to like, yeah. And like, yeah. And then we start talking about it. And then it just came up like that. Let's do it. Like, we're at a time in our lives where we have a career. Um, we We have like, people to support us we've been gaming for i mean i've been gaming for a while he's his dad is the owner of of a business that uh is in toronto and they have chains so he has a business background on being able to make that work so we figured out all the logistics and mm. there's like let's do it we just push that button start doing design work and doing a lot of a lot of prep work behind it and then boom landlords came up and we just wanted to have fun with it so that was that was how landlords started essentially I loved it. So, and then what, uh, as far as like, this is something that I'm interested in from a business perspective. Yeah. How did you, what, what, what was the first place? Did you guys do some online stuff first and like kind of build a following and then go, all right, we're going to get a location or did you guys go straight into the location? <laughs> yeah. So what, what, what we did specifically was we, uh, we literally just built up the, the location and mm -hmm. we, in tandem, we started, our social media pages at the same time started teasing it and releasing, I guess, teaser pictures of the location. Cause we were, we were literally building up the place. We yeah. rented the, we, we found a, a venue that was like a good enough size for us to be able to do our things very considerably cheap for rents. Cause it's, it was downtown Toronto um, near a subway station. And we were, we literally just built it with our own hands um, from the ground up. We, we started with that when we built it, we were just literally just focused on just having people come out online events didn't come until, um, or just events in general didn't come until maybe six months later where people started investing interest. Like, yo, you guys should host tournaments. I'm like, Oh, I never really thought of it. You know, a yeah. lot of it is engaging with the community and what they wanted for the, out of the venue. And then the first thing that we did was the smash brothers tournament. And that was huge. Cause it was like, Holy smokes, all these people, play yeah. smash so so how many people were you getting into in like in the actual and so it's downtown toronto Is yeah it, it was with covid you guys do you guys still have the location there at the moment or no so we had to close the venue um last year because it, we weren't able to keep up with um you know with the rent and for what's being closed we wouldn't be able yeah. to pay that off and even with uh the government assistance it's yeah. Up, if we were to decide up till now, we would be like probably seven, six, eight months in, in debt just to keep yeah. that up. Yeah. So we had to cut ties with the venue um, and sold all our equipment. Um, and then as a result, we wanted to still do something because everything else was was going online. And then we hosted, we started hosted our first ever online tournament with Mortal Kombat. Um, and then we did more FGC stuff. We did Tekken. Uh, tournaments online and then we transitioned into more things we did warzone tournament we did a valorant tournament um we did some overwatch so ever since we closed we've been doing a lot of online events since yeah. then yeah and so when, when you guys were open what was like the biggest turnout that you had at the actual venue um so we <laughs> the venue had like a uh at max it was 60 people 60 people capacity at max. Like we can't have any more because it's, it was like shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. This was like theoretically speaking in terms of a, like a fire hazard mm -hmm. for, for a smash weekly, we had 
72 people come out. <laughs> I'm like, how did we fit 72 people in here? This is insane. Yeah, that's crazy. So that was fun. The vibe in that place must have been insane for that. Oh, it was loud. It was sweaty. It was very, very warm. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, everyone, everyone enjoyed their time. And even though it was a bit tight, a bit cramped, it kind of added to the experience because you're kind of you're kind of watching other people play at the same time while you're there talking to your friends, watching someone play, and they're like basically right in front of you. And it's top talent top tier talent as well that came out. And yeah. so a lot of people got the opportunity to talk to each other um, versus I heard some like other smash uh, attorneys where it's, it's very spacious, but because it's so spacious, there's little opportunity for you to be forced to talk to people. Yeah, yeah. And so it kind of like this tight space kind of like you're right next to you might as well just talk. Cause you're here for smash. Yeah. You have a s similar topic, yeah. just boom, you guys are friends. Yeah. You know? So it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And so, okay, so COVID through a spanner in the works and you started doing some more online stuff. Um, what's the, where to from here? Yes, so luckily and thankfully, when we close our venue, there was another, there was another venue in Toronto um, that pretty similar to what we were doing, except they were more PC centric and they were, they've been open for a while now um, and they've been doing pretty good. We were been open for like a year and a half, two years before we had to close. And they wanted to dive more into esports. And because we started, we did, we started doing esports and we got traction. We built a community. They asked, they invited us uh, to their space mm. and basically told us, hey, if at any point you want to host events for when the pandemic is over, we'd be more than happy to be uh, your, your spot. So we, we essentially talked it out, talked about what, what our plan was, what we wanted to do if we were still open. And he was, and we were like, you know what, this can basically be our new home. Uh, wow. Landlords events can, can be held here now. And it's still in downtown Toronto. Yeah. So it's still a familiar place. Um, and so, yeah, they're, they're a big partner of ours. Uh, they're called Invictus Game Station. Invictus Game Station. Cool. Yeah, Invictus Game Station. It's by uh, Young and uh, Wellesley. Cool. So make sure to check them out. I'm always shouting them out because they're so gracious enough for us to, you know, host our, our offline events once we're ready to be there. And it's a much bigger space than ours. Much nicer. <laughs> so so yeah, that's the plan. But looking at it now, man, it looks it looks incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's very PC-centric. A lot of League of Legends players uh, go out there, um, international students as well. Uh, a lot of people come from Ryerson or, or UFT, mm. University of Toronto students come over there to get their gaming in. So it's a very good spot. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, that's definitely worth checking out. So anyone that's listening, I'll leave a link to Invictus Game Station down below. If you're in Toronto as well, it'll be a place to check out. Obviously, when landlord is uh, landlords are, hold, are holding a tournament there, yes. <laughs> we could do to get over and check it out so that well that's really cool so in the meantime you're going to keep doing some online events as well yeah so we've done a lot of uh work for uh other people as well and um in terms of production aspects i think we that's, do what, that's what i was going to ask now as well that, that's something we were talking about it before that's like the toronto ultra and the defiant guy and and yes the overactive media exactly exactly so while while landlords is is still working like on the back end um we're, we're also helping with Toronto Ultras, Warzone tournaments, Cold War tournaments, 
uh, any, any other Toronto ultra based events, yeah. um, which is basically me. Um, I'm helping Martin. Martin's also one of the lead tournament organizers for, mm. for them, just helping them out on the back end with administrative stuff. Um, and we also do, we were also doing work for Toronto Defiance in their most recent tournaments called the goats tournament. And we helped them broadcast like basically a second feed, like an ESPN two broadcast mm. on our channel. And we help, we helped them host that tournament. It was a lot of, a lot of fun stuff to do with, uh, with those two organizations. Yeah. So what, what's working with them like, is it, they kind of hit you up and say, all right, we're going to run this event. Can you do it? Or do they give you like a whole heap of, you know, these are kind of what we want done or. Yeah. So Martin, um, me and I, me, Martin and I worked together for basically all of those events. And anytime Toronto ultra specifically Toronto ultra wants to do an event, they, they let Martin know. And mm -hmm. then Martin, basically strategizes the events and I would help him strategize how to run the events, how to, you know, run the point system, um, how to administer the, the event. So working with Martin in tandem with working with Toronto ultra was very, it was very fun. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the people over at Toronto ultra are really cool people. Yeah. Um, their, their production team, which is basically who we were working with all very, very knowledgeable um, very, very fun to talk to. Very nice, <laughs> which is, which is a bit of a, you don't find that often with production teams. Um, because I can talk about it later, but I had an experience with another production team, which it was, it was kind of rough, mm. um, with, with that. And they were pretty big too, but Toronto ultra yeah. and Toronto Defiant guys, that experience was very much, um, learning what, what everyone's processes are like, because everyone does things differently. Yeah. And so I'm curious, do you guys, do you get paid from them when you're doing that? Or is it more just an experience thing? Uh, no. So those, those ones are specifically contracted uh, opportunities, essentially, you could say, um, because a lot of it is also working with an official, like their official broadcast team. And so they want to make sure that they're hiring the right people. Um, yeah. And so a lot of it is, is networking. So they knew Martin. And Martin knew me because we've been working with events and I've been doing a lot of landlord stuff. So we understand how things work on the tournament organization perspective. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of these were um, uh, paid gigs. Awesome. Cool. Love to hear that. Cause I mean, it's the type of thing that when people I think get involved, uh, you know, with like the competitions that we've run or the greater Toronto's run um, and that type of thing, they don't realize that those type of comp competitions, no one's getting paid. <laughs> you know, like we didn't, we didn't make a single dollar of anything. Yeah. We put up all the prize money ourselves, all the advertising money, everything ourselves. Um, and it's really awesome though, to, to get to talk to you, somebody who's actually getting, you know, in a position to be working with someone who is paying for those opportunities as well. Cause it shows a difference, you know, like that kind of, um, you know, diff different levels of competition and, and, and tournament organizing, um, which, yes, which it's kind of important that you mentioned that because mm -hmm. although, um, you know, all, all, all the events that are happening, even with GT Halo or even as well with landlords, a lot of the work that we do is, is, is free. Like yeah. we do it because, you know, once we, one, we love the game, but two, the experience basically almost one-to-one -one mm -hmm. in the sense of what you, what you do when you're hosting these community events that are free and you fork up the prize pool, you're not doing it for money. You're not really doing it for clout. At the yeah. end of the day, you're doing it because it's going to make you a better administrator or yeah. producer or observer depending on your role 
in those community events that 100% translates to all these paid opportunities that are out there. Yeah. You know, you just got to keep doing them and then someone will reach out or an, you you'll you, you'll network as a result of building these communities and then word of mouth trans you know transpires and then you'll get called up you know what i mean like it, it, it's it'll happen like people yeah. will you will get paid just as long as you putting in the work like you said exactly yeah so give me a, a bit of a, an overview there's obviously must have been like that's a whole heap of experience that we've just kind of covered in the last five ten minutes yeah. what 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 are kind of some of the biggest takeaways have you had anything that's really come up as like a roadblock and that was really difficult to kind of get through yeah so there there's a few there's one thing um once once you understand how tournaments work and how to admin uh for example do seating for placements and set up a bracket, being able to communicate. Once you've with the players, like once we have the the whole base foundation of how to run a tournament, the other aspect of running a tournament is like I said before, and it connects working with other people. Mm. Because although you know you try your best to try to, I mean I'm I, I'll admit this I'm a bit of a control freak sometimes when it comes to these things because I just want everything to be perfect. Yeah. But delegating tasks and trusting people to do that task has been one of the is a, one the roadblock is being able to trust it in the beginning in the first place, um, and then f- the other part is finding the right people to do it, um, making sure that your mindset and, or the people that you work with the mindset are are similar. Mm-hmm. That's been a bit of a roadblock because some people are you know are doing it for I wouldn't say the wrong reasons but just in a different way. Yeah. compared to how I would like to personally run uh, events and tournaments. So when yeah. I'm volunteering my time, um, I don't like I, my perspective is always like, I'm a student. Yeah. I'm always learning no yeah. matter what position I'm in, no matter what events I'm doing. Even if I'm like a produ- producer for like a big event, I'm still a student because there's always someone else above me that's yeah. basically running the show. Yeah. And you have to, you have to adapt to those people. Because when you're working for someone, especially in this industry, and if, if, if my personality is any indication, there are other people like me that mm. have that want to like almost rule with an iron fist, but just they're, they're just very specific yeah. on what they want to do. So yeah. being able to adapt as quick as you can and understanding people, you'll have a much better time getting through these, these events. Yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah, that's a really good thing to kind of touch on. Um, first of all is i think that there's a big part of the esports community and you know we get hit up by people a lot and we're not even that big that are wanting something like just hand it and they just want to hand out they want us to shout them out on the profile they think they deserve to you know get um you know have us like like it just have us do something for them you know one group wanted us to run a competition and put in some prize money and i said okay well you know what do we get out of it you know like Mm -hmm. i wasn't even entertaining it i was just trying to help them have the conversation in a better way you know like um it's and so i think for everybody that's listening um to this podcast i think a really valuable thing to understand is that you have to add value like if you're if you're trying to be a part of the esports industry in any way, shape, or form, even if you're just a streamer or putting up stuff on YouTube, um, or you're trying to organize events like what um, what Rodney and, and Martin do, um, you have to be adding value. And if you're not adding value, then mm-hmm. you can't be asking for anything in return. It, it's mm-hmm. the and exactly like Rodney said before, you have to put years worth of work into something before people can start to see that value. 
If you've only done something for a month and you're already starting to ask for something, there's no way anyone's going to take it seriously. If you've only been doing something for a couple of weeks or or even, even if you've done it for six months, right? And, but you haven't actually given anything to anybody else in doing that. It's going to be very hard to take you seriously when you ask for something from an organization or from a tournament organizer, or, you know, even if you're asking for another content creator to do something with you, if you're not adding any value, no one wants to be a part of it. So I think, yeah, like it's awesome to hear you say that as well, because I think that that's one big thing that could save a lot of people time in the esports industry is that if they started to think a little bit more like, okay, what value am I bringing to this, uh, to the, to the scene if you're th- if, if someone's sitting there and thinking you know i want to start up an organization or i want to start running tournaments or i want to start doing this that i think is a really big question to kind of run through your head is what value am i going to be bringing to the scene by doing this and if you're thinking oh i'm going to run some events and i'm bringing value because you know i'm going to have a, a you know this the, uh, this event but there's no prize money to it there's no thing for it I'm, and i'm going to just beg people to sign up to it like you have to understand that that's just like it, don't do it. Don't be another person that's cheapening the esports industry. Instead, you could spend some time coming to someone like myself or Martin or Rodney or any of the guys that you see put do, like actually putting the work in for a long time and putting the, investing their money into it and volunteer your time and say, what can I do to be a part of this? And what can I do that's going to help make your event better? And once, once you've done that, right, you get experience and people start to know who you are and you build up some respect. And then you can turn around and you can say to me, hey, Liam, I want to run my own competition. I'm going to be like, let's do it. What do you want to do? <laughs> you know? Exactly. Your reputation starts to precede you at that point. Oh, 100%. And that's not even something that you have to be doing for that long. That's just yeah. something that is really important to come off like you want to add value and you want to be a part of something more so than you're trying to get something out of it for free. You know, so um, awesome to hear you say that, man, because I think a lot of people really need to hear that. And I think that's such a valuable just, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, I don't think people are wrong when they're doing those things. I just don't think they've ever had anyone tell them, you know, and I think so, they're just thinking, you know, they're just trying to get ahead. They're just trying to start, but they don't know what to do. <laughs> so the thing with the thing and the thing with that mentality as well, if, if they don't, you know, heed any of this advice mm-hmm. is they'll realize themselves they're going to be out. They're going to be uninterested. They're going to lose passion for it and all the dedication to continue to do it because the results that they're getting is not what they're looking for. And then you'll just see themselves out in like two to three months. There goes that organization or there goes that TO because they never actually understood what it's like to put in, you know, value and then wait for all that hard work to culminate at the end. It's they just want and which is the problem of this generation is instant gratification. Mm. And that's, that's always been an underlying issue with a lot of these, you know, people volunteering for, for stuff or creating organizations like, Oh, if they can do it. Then I can do it. But yeah. it's like, look what they did first before understand their history before you under, you just start it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, Everyone watching, if you want to do anything like that, there's two people right now and there's a comment section that you can you can drop below in and you can ask, how do I start and what can I be a part of? Because I'm sure we've both got events and things coming up that you can help with. And, yes. uh, you know, that we'd both be more than willing to give someone a chance, you know, to actually start being a part of the scene and a part of the community. So um, really good to cover that. Uh, as far as like yourself, do you have, what are your goals that you're working towards at the moment? I'm super big when I'm talking to the new recruits and anyone that wants to be involved with Divine Mind about having some kind of goals and something that you're working towards. So what's, yeah. what's like your kind of thing at the moment that you're, you're working towards? So right now, um, what I'm working towards now is becoming an even more seasoned and technologically knowledgeable producer yeah. for all of our events. 
I didn't actually realize I wanted to do this until until the pandemic, um, yeah. until until we were forced to do things online. Because when I was doing online, when I was doing offline events at Landlords, we were streaming it, right? And every time we were streaming it, when we first started, it started with like a laptop and like very very jank setup, mm. but it worked. And then, but the the, the value uh, or, or the the feeling that I got from it after the event was like, oh, this actually feels really cool. So mm. I found that streaming and producing was was more was something I naturally just wanted to continue per, per pursuing and being better at. And so now the dream right now is hopefully um, one of these days I I want to keep I want to produce for other people a big tournament for, 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 let's say like Toronto defiant that's as an example, yeah. you know, um, being able to help them produce their, their events, being able to help Toronto ultra produce, because when I work with Toronto ultra and Toronto Defiant, I'm doing administrative work. Yeah. But when we're talking so, about, when you say production, what's product, yes. what, what type of production goes into an event? Good question. So in terms of production, when I talk about production, I'm talking about, uh, running the entire broadcast for the stream okay. when designing uh designing overlays getting graphics um managing the entire like feed on on the stream with a lot of the um with the casters being involved getting all the observers in into one feed and being able to hold all of it work cohesively yeah. um, as a production manager so executive producer is like the role mm. essentially and they they basically manage and direct the flow of the show yeah um so what and the what, casters talk about and everything yeah and what so what do you what do you need to do to get better at that like what are you kind of focusing on to improve at that yeah um honestly start start understanding the technology behind how to stream and how to run a production and then host host your own mini event even if it's just your friends mm -hmm. um i mean that, that's how i started like grab a group of like four people have them play for something put up i don't know 100 bucks or 50 dollars 20 bucks have them play for it and then you build your experience by hosting that tournament and running your own production and how overlays and transitions and um how to how to block how to structure programs within you know a show like yeah. that you can do on your own it's very much easily accessible experience as long as you're able to just set it up yeah and so how um how, what, what type of programs do you use when you're doing that do you use something like obs or yeah yeah so it's as as, as the stream started to evolve yeah ob, uh, started to use obs um as well as other third-party applications um investing in a lot of the the technology and the hardware is where most of most of the time went but yeah right now in terms of software it's obs and um i use discord as well for casting you, you can use zoom as well for the video feed there's a lot of different ways to do the same thing on production it's just finding what is suitable and easy for you to manage yeah. so but those are where where i start yeah and, and i love that because it's something that i've been thinking about even just with like the the podcast right is thinking about how can i put some kind of overlay into this or how can mm -hmm. i do it just so that when you're looking at it or, or you know even when you're listening to it um uh, you know there might be a, an intro sound there might be an overlay yes. to it there might be something that's you know encouraging people to you know like some kind of um you know take some action on, on what they're going to do like a call to action 
And uh, it's a really interesting thing to learn more about. Uh, I, it's one of the things that I think would be, I think anybody should kind of put a little bit of time into, because even if you're just an individual streamer, that type of thing can really help, um, especially oh, yeah. transitions. But, oh, um, yeah. and so are you just YouTubing stuff or are you doing some courses or like, what do you do to kind of find more? Yeah. So a lot of it is definitely YouTube. Um, some of the, the content that, that I consume on twitch.tv is very much like streamers who would answer your questions live. If you have any technical questions that like, how did you do this? How do you do that? And they'll most of the time we'll answer it and putting yourself in the community as well in the, in the broadcast community or people who understand uh, or people who know what it's like to produce something make when you're building that network and you're being able to talk to the right people putting yourself in that position definitely helps you become more knowledgeable and just understand what you need to do. So yeah, a lot of the things I do is just well, watch stuff on YouTube, um, watch people on stream, do things. But then I also do, this is part of the reason why I do my own personal stream because I, I can experiment it on my own personal stream because there's yeah. no, there's no pressure. I can just do whatever I want. Yeah. And then it translates into, which is recently what I did. So yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's super important as well. Cause what you just talked about then is, and for, and one of the reasons why I asked this question at the start is like you had a goal, like you've got a goal, you've t you've gone, okay, this is my action plan, which is like learning what I want to improve, etc. And then you've applied it. And the application mm. is what so many people miss, right? They can yeah. watch videos for hours, they'll do whatever, but then they don't actually ever apply anything. So I think that's a really valuable thing to see in someone like yourself who's really successful is you know you have to make sure that you're doing goal setting the whole way through. What's the goal? Right. What's the action plan? And how do I I apply it um, so that I, I can test and measure that I'm improving. So that six months from now, am I a better, uh, you know, is the production quality of what I'm doing better? Yeah. And thousand percent. Know, yeah. That's the whole way through. So tell me more about like, what's the future look like for you? Uh, future right now is hopefully um, I can go outside and you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> same, same. You know, be able to walk without having to get accosted by, you know, the virus at any point. Cause yeah, yeah. it's kind of scary, but in seriousness, uh, right. Yeah. Right now the goal is I am, like you said, in terms of applying other things or applying what, what I'm trying to improve on, I am reaching out to anyone else. And I recently did with an overwatch tournament, anyone else that's hosting a tournament and offering my help yeah. to them. Um, and the more I'm able to do that, the more, the, the more value, like you said, I'm able to provide and the more experience as it's twofold and the ex more experience I get out of it. Yeah um in in terms of my whole production executive producer type dream so that's yeah. that's that's going to be the next few months even going into the next year in terms of what i'm doing so yeah that's that's what it is awesome man and uh so i've got one last question uh also yes. two two more questions one this is like a big question that i've been really enjoying asking uh everybody and Garrett. so you don't have to answer it straight away uh, but the, 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 so you can have a little bit of time to think about it and thoughts might come while you're talking to kind of keep going on it. So that's fine. But, you know, what I love thinking about is like, what is the dream Rodney look like? You know, so if you think of yourself in five, 10 years from now and the perfect scenario, you know, are you someone that's driving a Lamborghini around? Have you got a huge house? You know, is uh, Landlord's Gaming got a huge setup with like 500 TVs and a big, you know, stadium around it? You know, what what does that dream reality look like for, for you? You know, you're wearing suits everywhere. You're exercising heaps. You've got a gorgeous girlfriend on your arm. Like what's the what's the dream for, for Rodney? uh oh man that's that's actually wow 
big question. It's 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 sort of hard to see the future. Obviously, we can't. But if I were to see myself where I want to be, and I'm be like, all right, this is this is what I want to do. This is where I'm at. I'm happy. Honestly, like as as corny and cheesy as it sounds, but I would love to be able to almost lead or be part of a com a community where everything that I've learned, peep I'm able to pass it on to other people and they can teach other people in that community and being able to just be one of the people that uh, people go to for questions regarding this kind of stuff for esports because gaming is such a big passion of mine and esports is also very much a part of it. I would just love to um, just help anywhere I can with with what I know because mm. I don't want everything that I'm learning to just go out to drain when I get to like 50 years old or 60 years old. Like I'd like this, I'd like like a legacy to be built yeah. based on everything that we've learned and then other people can take from it and learn from it. It's just, and it, they feed into it and they take it and they feed it. It's just a loop of, of, of good vibes of a community. And so, so, so a big thing you see yourself wanting to be in the future is a, a leader of the community and something, someone that people can come to with questions so that you can help them to bring more value to the community as well. Yeah. Um, and I, the reason why I say this is because in my past experiences, I've, I've always been doing a lot of community things before I did, before I was into gaming, I was, I was in the arts. I was, um, I was a hip hop dancer and I wow. performed and, and competed for 10 years and I started Have you any clips of that. No. Oh, yes. Wow. I don't want to say yes, but, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> it's there somewhere uh, on YouTube, but it's um, we, I've been always um, trying to cultivate something out of a passion. And before gaming, it was, it was dance and I was doing hip hop and at Ryerson university, we, um, I started a, a mini dance community um, that was in 2007 mm. and it's still going to this day. Wow. Yeah. 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 It's ex what I'm, what, what I talked about with gaming, it, it's happening in dance in the dance community right now where they've, they've continuously passed on the legacy to other leaders and other dancers. So that part of my dance dream fulfilled, yeah. I'm so happy that's happening. Yeah. And then as well, I was, I ran a dance company as well. Um, that competed and they've been around for like 16 years um, before I started gaming. So that was another thing that um, that sort of alludes to that part of it. So now I want to do the same thing with with the whole gaming industry, being able to have a community where it just feeds itself, which is what happened at, at the other dance. Yeah, community. yeah. So how many people like what's a big community look like for you? How many people do you want involved? Um, as, as many as uh, that wants to be involved in terms of being like they want to learn but they also want to teach as well um people who come in with the, with the same similar attitude is is good enough like I, I, as long as you're passionate about it it's cool like i would say for the, the we called it studio two dance crew that was the community thing yeah it's off with like eight people and now right now it's actually like real people it has i think 700 people wow uh, that come out to these dance classes and they yeah. just they just alternate. Yeah. It's, it's a lot, um, but they're managing it. And yeah, that's, that's, that's 
what's been happening now. So for this community, I'm hoping for a similar thing where people like you or people like Martin or anyone else in the community can come for leadership advice or that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, ex, ex, awesome. I want, I just want to keep learning so that I can, uh, I can, I can add more value into the community. So I'm always going to yes. be. I'm, I mean, now that we've spoken and I know I can talk to you and that you're a human, I'm always going to be in your ear asking questions and and trying Likewise. to and get some some value. So that's Likewise. awesome, man. Well, uh, so there's one other question that I ask everybody as well, and that is uh, getting you to kind of tag someone um, or nominate yes. someone that you think would be add some value to the conversation doesn't have to be you know obviously doesn't have to be halo related but you know along the it can be business related but also you know something to do with tying in with esports or kind of chasing your dreams and that type of thing who who do you reckon would be good to kind of uh chat to next um yeah, yeah. I've, I've thought about this and it's it's such a hard question yeah. <laughs> but i think a good example um i kind of want to give more just uh i guess a different perspective on the whole esports side of it but it's still valuable experience um her name's wisdom okay uh dominic she she works for toronto ultra Mm -hmm. and she's almost she's she was the gm of toronto ultra and it was like the face of of the team and like we know each other and we've worked together and the experiences that she's had has taught me a lot uh in terms of being able to work with people uh, at her level, um, or the professional that she's surrounded by. So the way that she holds herself yeah. as a person is amazing. So I think she'd be a great person to have. Excellent. Well, wisdom, Dominic, is it Dominic or Dominique or? Domi- Dominic. 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 Yeah. Awesome. yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to be in your DMs. I'm going to be reaching out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it'd be good if you could connect us as well, just so it's easy for me to find. Yeah, her. I will. And because uh, I, I mean, this is exactly what I wanted to do is be able to bounce off and, and kind of get to know more people and bring more value to the esports community. Um, and like this conversation that we've had has gone from being able to find somebody who just loved playing games when they were in high school, had this yes. dream of turning land games into a business, did that successfully and has now got this awesome idea of where they want to go in production quality and working in producing, you know, world quality events mm. that are going, you know, around the globe. Um, so it was absolutely fantastic talking to you. I can't wait to see more of the work that you get done as well. Um, Thank you. Where, where can people find you? We've got some ads that you want to drop. We'll, we'll put it in the description, but anywhere <laughs> you want to direct people to? Yeah, Twitter. Just You can find me on Twitter, twitter.com uh, slash the rods. E is a three, the yep. rods. But yeah, at the rods. Twitter is where I'm most active um, and you'll be able to follow me there. Uh, I also have a Twitch, but all that information is on my Twitter, so. Awesome. Cool. And we'll add it down below. So if you're watching on the podcast, you just have to click the see more version of the description. Same with on YouTube. We'll have it in there. Um, but it was absolutely fantastic to talk with you, man. I had a blast. I feel like I got a lot out of that. Uh, and, you know, is there anything that you wanted to add in before we finish up? Anything else that you wanted to talk about? Um, thank you, Liam, honestly, for doing this for us, because Martin and I always talk about this, you know, a lot of the back end scenes or behind the scenes people you know they just we just grind out the work we don't really do it for any spotlight but you know having these conversations there's stories that we want to tell which i'm sure martin has been giving you in the yeah, previous yeah. one a lot of things that we want to talk about yeah. um 
But yeah, this is good, giving us an opportunity to shed light on it. So thank you for doing this. 100%, man. And there's only so much that we can cover in these kind of bite-sized uh, things. But I've got in my head that it'll probably be maybe like a six-month kind of rotation. I'll touch base with a few people that will kind of stand out and, and we'll see what's happened in that six months and, you know, how much closer are they to that that dream of, you know, for you having having a community where you can be more of a leader, the, you know, check in on the production quality of everything that you're doing as well. So, you know, like it's something that we'll keep touching base with every now and again and and uh and and hopefully you know we'll get to tell more of those stories we'll get to see you know and see each other in person we're saying you know i can't wait to shout you and martin a beer or, or whatever oh, yeah. uh, whatever is the beverage of choice for you guys and um you know I, i'm looking forward to as soon as we finish up this call i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna ask you about something that we can maybe work together on so uh sure, absolutely <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh uh, I love I love the idea of just bringing more more value to uh, to the community. So thank you so much for being here, everybody that's watching this. Thank you so much for watching this. Uh, we had a blast chatting. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. I'd love you guys to leave a comment below and just let us know what you thought about the overall thing. If there are any questions or topics that you'd like us to cover next time, uh, and just be involved. You know, be a part of the conversation. And uh, like we said, if there's anyone out there that wants to be a part of the esports scene or work with us, just leave a comment below, and I'll see if there's a place that you can add some value to us and we'll get to working with you but uh, thank you so much guys really appreciate everybody being here take care